Hello, and welcome into the Star Wars Legends Lounge, a podcast celebrating the Star Wars Legends line of books. I'm Aaron Motes. Today's episode is all about Darth Plagueis by James Luceno, one of the most popular of the Legends novels. But two announcements before we start. First, as you can tell, this episode posted on Friday instead of Thursday, and that's going to continue. I've had a change of work schedule, so Friday just works better for me moving forward. Secondly, today's episode is going to be a little different from the previous ones. That's because Plagueis is just such a dense and intricate book. If I tried to recap all the events of the story, like I normally do, this episode would last two hours. And personally, I like keeping these shows to about 30 to 40 minutes. So I'm only going to go over the four or five most important scenes in the book, and then I'll go a little longer in the second half of the show on the stuff that could be brought into canon. Also, please, I'd love for listeners to contact me. I love the interaction. You can send me an email at swlegendslounge at gmail.com or send a tweet at legendslounge1. Ask me a question. Tell me what you like about the show. Tell me what you don't like. We'll talk legends, canon, fan theories, anything. And I'm still taking questions for a listener question episode. We're still sitting at only four in the queue. I'd like to get to seven or eight before I record an entire episode. Now, with that out of the way, let's get into today's book discussion. Darth Plagueis by James Luceno. Let's head in to the Star Wars Legends Lounge. Darth Plagueis really is the densest, most complicated novel of the Legends line, at least of the novels that I have read, and I've read uh, about 150 It reads like a political thriller mixed with a mob story where you have two characters that really are puppeteers and everyone around them are their marionettes. They aren't controlling what is going on in the galaxy, but they are influencing people and events in order to hopefully reach the outcome that they want. The story begins with Dark Plagueis as the apprentice to the current Dark Lord of the Sith, Darth Tenebris. Tenebris is a Bith Sith Master who has a very scientific mind, and Tenebris influences Plagueis in the scientific way of thinking, particularly when it comes to midichlorians as the story goes along. Tenebris and Plagueis are on a mining world, Baldemnik, and they are examining Cortosis mines. Cortosis, of course, we learned from the Bane books, are resistant to laser blast and lightsaber blades. As they're examining the mine, a mining droid accidentally sets off an explosion of gas. And 
Tenebris and Plagueis have to rush out of the mine back to their ship. As the explosion gets closer and closer, Tenebris turns around and holds back the flames. As he's doing that, Plagueis makes sure that their ship remains safe. In the process of holding back the blaze, Tenebris is weakened by how much force usage it takes. Plagueis sees this. Plagueis has been Tenebris's apprentice for decades. He now believes he has learned all he can from his master. And as Tenebris tries to hold back the fireball, Plagueis reaches out with the force and brings the ceiling of the mining tunnel down on him. As Tenebris is lying there dying, Plagueis walks up to his master and says that the days of Bane's rule of two are coming to an end. The days of the Sith staying in the shadows are just about over. Plagueis has seen through the dark side of the Force that it's just about time for the Sith to take over the galaxy. And he believes he's the one to do it. Now, one thing that Plagueis is extremely interested in is manipulating midichlorians in a way to control the Force. So as Tenebris is lying there dying, Plagueis tries to manipulate the midichlorians. This is his first attempt at trying to produce life. However, it being a first try, he fails. And Plagueis is not even able to prolong his master's life for any length of time. Now, to the rest of the galaxy, Plagueis is known as Higo Damask, the CEO of Damask Holdings and a member of the banking clan on Moonalist. Once a year, he hosts like a corporate retreat on the Moonalist moon of Sojourn, where he invites the leaders of various companies or politicians or even cartels throughout the galaxy in the first of these retreats following Tenebris' death, Plagueis is attacked by another Bith who calls himself Darth Venomous. Now, this is a Sith that Tenebris had been training in secret if Plagueis failed Tenebris' expectations. Now, Plagueis, of course, beats Venomous in combat, and Plagueis decides that Venomous is now going to be his experiment as Plagueis continues to work at manipulating midichlorians, he's going to use Venomous as his guinea pig. Plagueis takes Venomous into his secret lab beneath the retreat. He renders him unconscious, and for the next three decades, he basically uses Venomous sort of like a Lazarus project. He uses Venomous's midichlorians on simple organisms, more complex organisms, then sentient species, to see first if he can manipulate their nature, their levels of aggression, and then whether or not he can snuff out their life 
and bring it back. It's almost a combination of Victor Frankenstein and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, except Plagueis isn't experimenting on himself. Now, before Venomous had attacked Plagueis at the retreat, one of the things that Higo Damask had learned from a representative of the Trade Federation is that the small planet of Naboo had found a large deposit of plasma. And one of the politicians on Naboo, a man named Bon Tapalo, was running for king. Tapalo promised that if he won the election, he was going to open up Naboo for trade with the rest of the galaxy and thus bring Naboo more political clout. Now, among Tapalo's political allies is a young man named Palpatine. And Plagueis, of course, is able to sense the force in Palpatine. He's also able to sense the ambitious potential of Palpatine and how this young man yearns for power and yearns for fame. So he introduces himself to Palpatine without revealing that he has any force sensitivity whatsoever, he tests the young man. Now, the biggest impediment for Palpatine is his father, who he believes is holding him back from all of his hopes and all of his dreams. Plagueis decides to push Palpatine, telling the young politician that they are alike. They are extraordinary beings, and... There are times where extraordinary beings have to, quote, emancipate themselves, unquote, from the lesser beings around them. Plagueis then tells Palpatine that after his father died and there was an inheritance battle about his father's estate between Plagueis and his siblings, Plagueis killed his siblings over a period of months. And he did it in such a way that made it look like accidents or diseases. But in the end, Plagueis was then emancipated from his family. And he could take Damask Holdings to the next level. Now with this story in his head, Palpatine kills his entire family by using the dark side of the Force. When he tells Plagueis about what happened the Sith Lord congratulates Palpatine on emancipating himself from those that were holding him back. He then tells Palpatine about the Sith and about how he, Higo Damask, is actually Darth Plagueis, the Dark Lord of the Sith, and how he will take Palpatine under his wing as his Sith apprentice and reveal to Palpatine not only powers that he could only imagine, but the actual true nature of Palpatine himself. Palpatine then gets down on one knee and pledges his life to learning from Plagueis, and Plagueis bestows upon him the title of Darth Sidious. Flash forward about a decade, and Palpatine is climbing up the political ladder on Naboo. He's become the world's ambassador to the galaxy and then arranges for the assassination of his political mentor, Naboo's representative in the Senate, Vidar Kim. 
As a result, Palpatine is named the new senator of Naboo and takes a seat in the Republic Senate. Palpatine is also hungry to learn more and more about the dark side of the Force, and he believes that Plagueis is holding out on him. So in his studies, Palpatine learns about the Night Sisters on the world of Dothamir. Something in the dark side of the Force tells him to go to the planet. When he goes there, he meets a woman who gives Palpatine her infant son. So Palpatine takes the infant and hides him away on the planet of Mustafar, where he can be taught the dark side of the Force. That infant, of course, will later become Darth Maul. Now, another vital scene in the book is the one where Plagueis and a bunch of other Huns of the Banking Clan are attacked by assassins. All of the other Muns are killed. Plagueis is severely wounded. Part of his jaw is cut off. But the Dark Lord of the Sith is able to kill the assassins using his immense power and mastery of the dark side of the Force. Now, following the assassination attempt and his wounding, Plagueis is forced to wear a breathing apparatus for the rest of his life. It also makes him become even more obsessed with finding a way to manipulate the midichlorians and extend his life forever. Now, if you remember back when we talked about the Bane books, Bane thought about how to live forever. And back then he found a Sith holocron that talked about essence transfer, that physically his body couldn't live forever but he could transfer his life force into another being and just keep skipping into another shell over and over and over again in order to gain immortality. Plagueis believes that by manipulating the midichlorians, he can stop aging. He studied essence transfer, but he believes that's not really immortality that immortality can only be gained by not using the Force, but by controlling the Force. And that's what Plagueis has become obsessed with. Plagueis tells Palpatine he's extremely close to gaining the knowledge he seeks. He's able to now kill Venomous and bring him back to life. He does it a second time and a third, but he can't do it indefinitely, and finally, after one time that Plagueis snuffs out Venomous's life force, the midichlorians do not react to the Dark Lord, and Venomous stays dead. Now flash forward another two decades, and Palpatine has gained even more and more power in the Senate, and more and more senatorial allies, as he and Plagueis sow tension and distrust between the Outer Rim and the Core Worlds, with the Mid-Rim Worlds stuck in between. And these tensions are also causing the Jedi to react. And a number of the Jedi are becoming disheartened by the leadership of the Jedi Council, most notably Jedi Master Dooku, who thinks that the rest of the Jedi Order is basically ignoring 
all of the hardships that are taking place out on the Outer Rim. Dooku's best friend, Jedi Master Sifo-Dyas, believes that if things continue the way they are, that war is inevitable. But he hopes to keep Dooku from leaving the Order. But the dark side of the Force is getting stronger. Plagueis, Palpatine, the Jedi Council, they can all feel it. Plagueis and Palpatine know that the Jedi can tell that events in the galaxy are being manipulated by dark forces. But Plagueis and Palpatine can also feel that the time for the Sith to announce themselves in the galaxy is almost at hand. Now, just before the book comes to a close, Plagueis and Sidious learn that a young boy named Anakin Skywalker has been discovered by Jedi Qui-Gon Jinn on Tatooine, and that this boy has been brought back to Coruscant to be tested by the Jedi Council. And they hear that Anakin Skywalker has been born by the Force. Plagueis is fascinated. He's convinced that through his experiments, he's created life. And that life is the form of this former slave from Tatooine. Now, the book ends just after Palpatine is elected Chancellor of the Republic. The original plan was that Palpatine would become Chancellor and that he would name Higo Damask co-Chancellor. And with that, the Sith would announce themselves to the galaxy. But as the two are celebrating Palpatine's election, Plagueis gets drunk. So as he goes to lie down on a sofa, Sidious attacks. He zaps him twice with force lightning. He zaps the breathing apparatus that helps keep Plagueis alive. And as his master is lying there dying, Sidious explains that for decades he's been manipulating his master. That he has been dropping these little suggestions, these little breadcrumbs, that many of the decisions that Plagueis made with various businesses, with the Trade Federation, with the Techno Union, with the Hutt Crime Syndicate, with Dooku and sifo were all suggestions from Sidious. He also tells Plagueis that his master was right, that Bane's grand plan for the Sith was about to come to fruition, but he'd read the Force wrong, that it wasn't Plagueis who would take down the Jedi and conquer the galaxy. It was Plagueis's apprentice, Darth Sidious, the new Dark Lord of the Sith, and his eventual apprentice, Anakin Skywalker. Time for a break. When we return, we'll take a look at all the different parts of the book that we could possibly see in Star Wars in the future. I'm Aaron Motes. You're listening to the Star Wars Legends Lounge. Hey, everybody. 
let me take a moment to recommend a book from Star Wars canon, Dark Disciple by Christy Golden. Based on unproduced scripts from the Clone Wars TV show, Dark Disciple features Asajj Ventress and Jedi Quinlan Voss joining forces to try to assassinate Count Dooku. Ventress wants retribution from her dark past as Dooku's apprentice, but she must balance her fury with her former master and her growing feelings for Voss. Can a former Sith and a Jedi join forces to take down the Dark Side's greatest warrior and leader of the Separatists? Find out in Dark Disciple by Christy Golden. Welcome back in to the Star Wars Legends Lounge, the show that celebrates the books from Star Wars Legends. I'm Aaron Motes, talking about the novel Darth Plagueis by James Luceno. Now let's face it, almost all of this book could be brought into canon right now, and it would work. There's only a few little details that are now contradicted by actual canon. One of those being how Padme Amidala becomes elected Queen of Naboo. In the Plagueis book, it's after... Plagueis has the king of Naboo, King Varuna, assassinated. Then there's a special election, and Padme Amidala is voted in as the queen. In the canon book Queen Shadow, Padme is elected in a three-way runoff. But other than that, pretty much all of Plagueis could be made canon. Now, let's talk about how that could actually happen. I'm sure a lot of you heard the announcements that came out of Disney Investor Day back in December. And part of the Lucasfilm presentation was a show called Acolyte. Now, we don't know yet if it is a miniseries, if it is a made-for-TV, a made-for-Disney-plus movie, or if it's actually going to be a full-fledged series that takes place over one or two seasons. But from what the press release from Lucasfilm says is that Acolyte is going to take place at the end of the High Republic, and it's going to examine dark forces gathering in the galaxy prior to the events of The Phantom Menace. The High Republic, of course, is the Disney-Lucasfilm publishing initiative that just recently started in January. Stories about the Jedi taking place from approximately 200 BBY to 50 BBY. And if Acolyte takes place at the end of that, at about 50 BBY, that would be the approximate time that Darth Plagueis finds a young politician on Naboo called Darth Sidious. Now, another thing we do know about this show is it's going to be female-centric. Okay, what does that mean? The only thing we currently know in canon about Darth Plagueis came from Palpatine's discussion with Anakin Skywalker during the opera in Revenge of the Sith where he tells him the tale of Darth Plagueis the Wise. He mentions Plagueis' name, and he calls him He. So we know Plagueis is a male. Other than that, the ages 
and genders of all the other characters in the story can be changed. In the Plagueis novel, James Luceno has Plagueis' master, Darth Tenebris, take multiple apprentices. So it's possible that in Acolyte, you have a Sith master. Darth Tenebris doesn't have to be a male Bith. You know, Darth Tenebris could be a, a woman. It could be a female of one of the other alien species. Doesn't even need to be named Darth Tenebris. But if we go by the same structure as the book, and Plagueis' master has multiple apprentices, the other apprentice could be the Acolyte, and Plagueis could just be a supporting character for the majority of the show. As long as it winds up in the same place, with Plagueis defeating whoever his master is, and if they have a second Sith apprentice, defeating that apprentice, and then discovering Palpatine, I would think that would be about where the story ends. Now, there have also been fan theories that a lot of people have seen out there about a young Palpatine series, whether it be a miniseries, sort of like the Kenobi miniseries that's coming out, or, you know, a one-season series, which that kind of thing I think would be really fun. Can you imagine a dark political thriller in the Star Wars universe. Now, I'm not saying anywhere near as dark as Game of Thrones or anything, because, let's face it, it is Star Wars. It has to be accessible to children. But I still think you could do something that is a little darker, a little grittier, a little more cerebral, with a lot of political intrigue, and still make it interesting to viewers of all ages. Then you could really see the events of the Plagueis novel in canon as a young Palpatine is rising through the ranks on Naboo in the Republic Senate, manipulating events throughout the galaxy, fostering tensions between worlds, all the while his master, Darth Plagueis, a member of the banking clan, financing these little skirmishes on these backwater worlds that end up having political repercussions for Coruscant. And can you imagine what Plagueis would look like? We know that Muns are much larger than humans, thin, with extremely elongated faces. They could bring back a fully realized CGI character like Jar Jar Brinks was back in The Phantom Menace, but this time using the computer graphics of today, and I bet would make him look fantastic. And then, of course, you think about young Palpatine. I know a lot of fans out there have talked about someone like Tom Hiddleston, the actor who plays Loki in the MCU, playing a young Palpatine. That would be really interesting. I mean, he would be the type of actor that I would like to see as a young Palpatine. I think more than likely, I'm not going to say they would go for a no-name actor for young Palpatine, but I do think they would go for someone with a little lower profile 
than Tom Hiddleston. But regardless, I'd love to see it. And of course, they could bring this story into canon other ways. They could develop a comic series based off of Plagueis and Sidious. They could write a whole new novel or series of novels about the interactions between Plagueis and Sidious. Timothy Zahn has already came back and wrote an entirely different Thrawn in canon. So it's not like they are not going to bring up Plagueis ever again. He's there. His name is in Revenge of the Sith. He's talked about by his apprentice. And we know that Anakin Skywalker was born of the Force. Something happened nine years before the Phantom Menace that created Anakin Skywalker. We do have that one Vader comic where Vader has a vision of Palpatine manipulating the Force, but I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that that is just a manifestation of Anakin Skywalker's fears. That's not actually how Anakin came to be. I'm still convinced it has something to do with Plagueis. It may have something to do with both Plagueis and Sidious together manipulating the Force. But I'm convinced that Anakin's conception was the result of Plagueis trying to manipulate midichlorians into producing life. And I hope to one day see it in canon, whether it's a book, whether it's a comic, but man, would I love to see it on the screen. Now that won't be in that show, The Acolyte, obviously, if that goes up to 50 BBY, or as they said, the approximate end of the High Republic. That would have been too early for Anakin's conception. The Phantom Menace takes place, I believe, 32 BBY, which means Anakin's conception would have been about 41 BBY. So about 10 years after when we currently believe the Acolyte is going to take place. But regardless, it's going to be interesting going forward seeing if and how they use Darth Plagueis in Star Wars canon because he's there. You can't really just ignore him and ignore the story that Sidious tells Anakin at that opera house because it is so integral to Anakin's downfall. But anyway, here's hoping we get some Plagueis in the future. So that's it for this episode. Thank you very much for listening to the Star Wars Legends Lounge. On our next episode, we're going to jump past the events of Return of the Jedi, and we're going to delve into one of my personal favorite books, X-Wing Rogue Squadron. So look forward to that on March 12th. If you would like to contact me, please 
you can do so by email at swlegendslounge at gmail.com or shoot me a message on Twitter at legendslounge1. I really like interacting with people. I hope to do more with the Twitter feed going forward. If anyone has any suggestions on what they would like to see on the Twitter feed, because mostly right now, all I do is put out when the next episode is going to be and what book it's going to, it's going to be on. If anyone can think of some of the stuff they'd like to see on the Twitter feed, please let me know and I'll look into it. Once again, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Star Wars Legends Lounge. I'm Aaron Motes, and remember, there's always a bit of truth in Legends.